Welcome to Game Time, presented by Rising Stars Network, where we spend time taking an in-depth look at the game within the game of women in sports. Yo, the time is now. It's game time. Nice sitting in the bleachers. We ain't standing on Welcome to Game Time, where we like to give our flowers to the living. Today in the hot seat, we have Coach Jackson. So, Angela Jackson, USA Basketball Gold License. You are Certified Mental Health First Aid Instructor, Certified Anger Management Specialist, Certified Behavioral Health Case Manager, Certified Recovery Support Specialist. You got a lot of certifications. Bachelor's degree in human resources and AAS in early childhood development, special education, and then addiction study certification. Is that correct? That's it. All right. So you have been a volunteer youth coach and mentor for over 20 years. And then as an athlete, you participated in high school basketball and high school swim team. Is that right? That is right. All right. So you played basketball for Kennedy King College which is a city college in Chicago, and you your team was nationally ranked 16th. You played intra, intramural softball with seven city colleges competed against each other. Correct. You are the mother, Kenneth Jackson, who also participated in amateur sports as early as age five. So his participation in youth sports is kind of what started you into your volunteer coaching with Football, basketball, baseball, and boxing. Okay. So you have been in the Northwest Florida area since 2015, and you immediately started coaching when you moved down here. Um, And in 2018, you started the Pensacola Rising Stars, which is an AAU travel basketball team. At the time, it consisted of fourth and fifth graders, correct? Correct. All right. So then the inaugural team, those fourth and fifth graders, are now in high school? Correct. Ninth and 10th graders? Correct. Okay. So you have coached, you coached that team for over a four-year period to provide opportunities for mentorship, life skills, and just trying to expose the team to just different things in life. So your mission now is to provide, the mission now is to provide the opportunity for more, more girls, more mentors, more exposure, and more resources. Changing the rising stars. So you're trying to transition the rising stars from a team to a movement. <laughs> so what is what exactly is the rising stars network? And my plan is to have a network of girls who we are providing mentorship, providing exposure for. And you went with them from fourth grade. Now they're entering into high school and you still mentor them and, and have contact with them, right? Try to stay connected. Try to stay connected. So yes, what a volleyball game. Okay. Volleyball game. So one of your original rising stars, Shioma Patterson, which one of the things we went to uh, the National uh, Women's Sports Day at UWL. We, uh, we went to the National Women's Sports Day there and what they had at that time, they had um, they had soccer, they had uh, volleyball, basketball, they had golf, they had all the sports were there and, and the teams from were like mentoring the girls and showing them different uh, things. And so that year when we were there with Shion, she was in fifth grade at the time, 
had never played volleyball before, and they just showed her one time, tossed the ball up, told her what to do, and she killed it. And I think that's an actual volleyball term, killing it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, she killed it. And uh, I immediately got to the to the phone, text her mom, and said, volleyball is her sport. Well, but I want her to have an opportunity to do whatever she want to do. When she's in high school, she can probably play both. Um, probably will play both, probably will run track. So um, early on, I think the first the first year we started, uh, they, when they were in fourth grade, they came from ending a rec league season and then where they we were playing at SYSA in a, in a gym that's uh, a city gym that's kind of smaller. And we went from there to play in a tournament in Navarre. And I remember one of the kids, I'm gonna stop saying Shioma Patterson, um, she was like, I'm scared. And I'm like, scared of what? And then she was like, it's big in here. Now, as an adult, I never gave any consideration to a fourth grader seeing the gym and such, you know, how, how big it was. So I that was one thing, just exposing them, starting out that first year. And I, and I explained that to them, I said, we're going to take a lot of ills because they were in fourth grade playing against sixth graders. We're going to take a lot of ills, but it's going to be exposure because we're going to play. We're going to go where they have tournaments where there's like eight, ten games going on at one time, and you're going to hear multiple whistles. You're going to have to keep playing through the whistles. We're going to go here. We're going to go there. We're going to go. So part of it within just within basketball is going uh, outside of your neighborhood and outside of your community and seeing that people have different – Play different in different places. We we were in uh we we went played in the rec league in Mobile. Travel was not just about when I talk about exposure. I'm not talking about seeing a different build and seeing just exposure within the sport of seeing people that play a different style of basketball than we might play here. Exposure in uh, different referees, different fans, all of that is included with within the game. And then the travel, like when you go somewhere, learning how to make sure you got your socks. Make sure you got your shoes. Did you know you so you learn all of that early. So then when you get in high school, you go on a trip, you know how to pack. You know how to bring everything anything that you're gonna need, you know you know ahead of time, you're familiar with. You know how to be in the hotel room. Remember telling some of them like it's gonna we're gonna get to a point where we don't have that many chaperones. And so I'm not gonna have an adult that's gonna be able to stay in the room with y'all. So y'all gonna learn how to when I say close that door. And lock it. Don't answer it. Don't let nobody leave out this room. You show me that you're that you're capable of following directions. While we on these trips, so I would leave out the room, be down the hall, and do stuff to see if they was give them little tests like that to see if they was gonna be able to handle those little things like that. Now when we go, I let them. I tell them y'all go somewhere because I need some me time. And they go sit in the lobby and they learn how to conduct themselves in the lobby. Don't be loud. Don't do this. Don't do that. And they kind of know the rules. So fostering independence, responsibility, yes, yes. Um, just a lot of the life skills that yes. take you far, just in general. You know? Yes, I mean sometimes people don't, in adults, just people in general don't travel outside of their yes their areas. So yes. now they're like not only are they exposed to different styles in the game, they're exposed to different communities, yes. different cultures, different yes experiences. Because there's Alabama, uh, Georgia, and. Uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Florida. So we kind of stayed in, in, in those little areas of that. And then uh, this year, this year we we went to Kentucky to one of the, the 
I, I want to say it's the largest women's basketball tournament in the country, maybe in the world, because it was it's huge. It was huge. Have y'all been to the Carolinas? And we have, but not not for not as a team. Okay. We've been uh, been in North Carolina for basketball camp. Uh, been to, so that's another thing that I will like. Last year, took everybody individually. Um, not individually, like I may take two people to, based on skill set. I may take two people to this camp, two other people to this camp, two people to this camp, some people to camp may be local based on your commitment, your grades, you showing me whether I can take you somewhere and leave out the room or tell you to leave out the room and you know how to act, that kind of thing. So we're going to shift gears a little bit back more towards you because we can talk about your, not your girls, but they mind. They, oh, you, you accept <laughs> no, that now. No. <laughs> Give us a little more information on your background in sports. Okay, so probably like all children, I started playing sports with friends in the alley. Well, y'all don't have alleys, I don't think. You have alleys. Y'all do? Okay. So in Chicago, we have alleys. I think this is everywhere in the United States that, that people that don't have their own rims and backboards and all that, they get creative. So just like um, all other people who have to be creative, I, I started out with milk crates or bicycle rims nailed to poles. And we would, every once as I got older, we might have had actual rims sometime nailed to a pole. But the, the alleys in Chicago, I would say maybe 20 feet uh, from garage to garage. Okay, maybe we don't have alleys. Okay. And so we, we um, but then of course the length is the length of a block. So the, the game is a lot more congested. You gotta yeah, do what you gotta do, and you're gonna get knocked down to the ground. And that's where I started. As far as with swimming, uh, the community pool is crowded, and and a lot of swimming going on in there. It's a lot more playing in the water. So what I thought I could swim wasn't really swimming. <laughs> and I found that out when I went to a, a more diverse school. I went to a diverse school where people had swimming pools in their backyards, and I did not. So I came from a city pool to, to high school and joined the basketball team, joined the swim team with people who had pools in their backyards. So did you break any barriers at your, at your high school? I did, team? <laughs> I did, I did. Um, I, well, I can't say that I know for sure. I know at the time, nobody else looked like me. And I was in high school for years and I never saw anybody else that looked like me on swim team, boys or girls. So you were different experiences. You've been an athlete yourself and mm -hmm. then you became the mom of an athlete. Mm -hmm. And the grandma was of the athlete. So yeah. let's talk about being an athlete's mom. Okay. What kind of sports mom were you? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Were you Terrible. the mom arguing with the coach, or no, were you the mom? No, no. So, coaching mom, from the sidelines. I, you know what? I wasn't necessarily coaching because I know I knew football at that time, but I didn't know it when my son first started. He was five, so I knew football from watching, but I didn't know the intricate details. So I couldn't say hit the a gap or you know nothing like that. I could just say get them. You know. Well, get well that's what parents <laughs> do when they coach from the sidelines. No, because I, I disagree. Because there are some parents that that are knowledgeable, and they can try to tell they get that man, and we in a zone, mm -hmm. or they yeah, they going too far with being detailed. Like get them is okay. <laughs> I'm okay with parents saying get them or run or hurry up. So I'm you're okay. okay with the encouragement. Yes, that's more of a yes. 
yes, you what you're supposed to be doing out yes, there versus yes. let me tell yes. you what you specifically right. need to do out right. there. And, 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 and uh, even in the case with my son, that this part I was a good sports mom in the sense of when he started, he got moved around to a lot of different positions. And a lot of times parents want their children to be in the best position. They want them to be the quarterback or the running back. My son was the tight end. He was on, and he was not a large frame person. He was a tight end. He was on the, on the offensive line. He was on the defensive line. He was a defensive end. He was a linebacker. He was a cornerback. He was a safety. He played every position, fullback, every position, but quarterback. And people would come to me, other parents would say, they just using him. They That boy don't need to be doing this, doing that. And I said, no. Because, I mean, he was a kicker, the punter, the, the, the placeholder. He never he came off the field. <laughs> he never came off the field. Never. And I said, you know, it's good for him because he he understands the game in all facets right. of the game. So it made um, it made him well rounded. Yes. Uh-huh. At the time, the four years that you were in high school, you were the only person of African American descent. I was on on either the male or the female um, swim team. Yes, I was, and I I didn't swim all four years. I didn't swim when I was a senior, uh-huh. so I, I was on swim team for three years. And yeah, I was the only black person, uh-huh. um, only person of African American African descent. So what do you feel like sports did for you? Hold on, I'm sorry. Let me let me say this though. I did have an African American coach. Okay. It was a man. And I don't think if I wasn't ahead of African American coach that I would have been on the swim team. Well I was gonna ask you because you said you thought you could swim. Right. But then So when we had the when we had the tryout, when we had the tryout, I dove in the water, I swam the whole fifty feet under the water, hit the wall and swam back fifty feet under the water. And he said, oh, okay. <laughs> And then when the he didn't embarrass me in front of my classmates when the when the thing was over he told us all what we need to do swim is a lot of work so we had to like swim like 500 500s a day so like I would have, after you do that you got to do backstroke you got to do um, kickboard for this amount of time a lot of a lot and so when it was over he called me into the office and he pulled out some videos and showed me what real swimming was. <laughs> stroke, 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 tilt here, breathe in, blow out. Had had to do a kick turn, all of that stuff that go along with that. So I learned that in high school. And I never won a meet, but I never quit either. Well, let me ask you, what made you go out for the swim team? I really thought I could swim. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. Again, this is why exposure is so important. Mm-hmm. Because the only swimming I had ever uh, been engaged in at that time because I, I went to high school in 1980, which is also the year of the Olympics. But I didn't, I, I actually was into, I enjoyed watching diving. So in 1980, I think I want to say that they, that the that the um, Olympics was, was canceled that well, year. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't see, I didn't see the Olympics women in 1980. So I'm the only, the only way you really would see swimming on TV, like is the Olympics, so I didn't have anything to go by other than being at the pool in my in my neighborhood. And as far as everybody else knew, I could swim. You know, somebody asked, they asked you, "Can you swim?" Everybody would say, "Yeah," because I could go across fifty feet. I could swim hundred feet without 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 stopping. So in my youth, I ignorance is bliss, and I was, thought I could swim. Well, no, I was just curious because sometimes people there are a lot of things that people can do, but mm. they don't. Pursue it. Like oh, so you mean why did I? Yeah, why being able to why did I go to the team? Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's a good question. I never thought about it. I've never thought about it. I think I might have to admit that I may be competitive. <laughs> I might be competitive. Um, it was. I know it was football season at the time, and I knew the the first the first sport that came out was was swimming, and there was no there was no sports in my in my middle school. We I ain't go to middle school. We just have first grade through eighth grade. We didn't. There were no girls sports, so I never had a team a chance to be on the team before that. So I think I was just like, oh y'all got a team, I'm in. Okay. And what do you think that sports in general, like, what did that provide for you just, like, being in? Like, I know how you described, like, how the coach cultivated your love for swimming, taught you techniques and things like that. But what overall, what do you think that sports in general provides for you? So it, I think uh, I think it's in my DNA, to be honest with you, because losing all the time was definitely not something I was prepared for. I think once I lost, I think it was – I think it was the challenge of with swimming specifically. I think it was like, oh hell no! <laughs> and I, just had, I just had to keep coming back because I was losing. <laughs> I, just couldn't, I couldn't process like why are you losing. So I just had to, had to keep coming back. But I never won. But ever trying to win. So yes. The, I, the pursuit of the win. Yes. The pursuit the chase of, of the win. The pursuit I, not only pursuit of winning, but the pursuit of getting better. Mm -hmm. Like and and I did feel like also I did feel a a certain uh I ain't gonna say burden, but I did feel like because there were some things that happened as far as when we would travel, we would go against black schools and they would do they were just as bad as me. So that was bad. <laughs> like I got, you know, I felt like I had to help us look a little bit better. And then, like so tenth grade, you were like for the college, you needed to. <laughs> yes. Okay. And, and even when, like, when we would go in the locker rooms of schools that had uh, had people of color in them, and they would see like <laughs> ultra sheen, and <laughs> that, I felt like I had to educate people even then. They were like. Oh my God! What is that? You know, and, and I'll be like, we call that hair grease. So you were coaching them. On what, so you've always I was educating. coaching. Yes, you were educating, coaching on what what things were things that were probably I, different. Yes, I had. I felt like, uh, and I, I I do to this day feel like um, that people are not necessarily racist. Some people are not racist. They are just don't know. They haven't been exposed. Going back to exposure, they haven't been exposed to things. So, you know, like so. On that note, you said that for the first time you were in a, a situation where I was a minority. Was, you were the minority, and mm -hmm. it was diverse. So that was a different kind of exposure for you. Absolutely. And how do you feel like that? Like, let me take let me take it back a second too, mm -hmm. because I had a choice. I didn't have to. I went outside of my community to go to that school, and and there was a school in my community, but I felt like I would have had the pressure of trying to, uh, you know, have certain clothes, certain shoes, certain this. So that was an easy out for me to go be around people I didn't know that didn't know me, and I could. Just, <laughs> you mean you? I could. I mean, I didn't have to worry about trying to impress nobody because I don't know them. So. So how do you feel like that? Um, impacted your development it going to a school where where i was exposed to 
different, a diverse population. Definitely because what I learned is dumb is dumb no matter what color. <laughs> smart is smart no matter what color. Good coming all color, bad coming all color. So I, I'm, I'm not uh, foolish enough to say I don't see color, but I also know that whatever whatever Dr. King say, I agree. I can base people on, on the content of their character, not uh, experience all parts of it. And he was, he was really good. And probably when I say I was a bad sports mom, is that I was pushing him the whole time. Like, I didn't let him develop his own voice. I was always like, go, go, ah, 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 the whole time. And so he didn't have that intrinsically because I took it from him. And I was the person, you know, always nagging and telling him what to do. So that's what made me a sports, bad sports mom. And now you, so, but you transitioned, became a coach because you were a sports mom? So when my son was boxing, um, they do, they weigh in and do stuff. So if you're not a coach, you can't go back there. And so he would go to weigh in. It's a lot of shady stuff going in boxing. So he would go to weigh in. Of course, we weighed before he left home. I know how much he weighed. They would come out and say, oh, he, he can't fight at 97 pounds. He got to fight at 101 because he weighed 98 pounds. And I was like, that's a lot. So then I got my license, and when we went back there, I'm looking at the scale. That's at 97. And they do some of that stuff because of who they want to win, who they want to, you know, who they trying to promote. So I got a license as a, a trainer, got a license as a judge, got a license in every part of it. So I'm sitting at the table when you're doing the points. I know when you're jamming because I know what the rules are. So it made, I educated myself and became... Like, I can go in any room if you didn't hear the line. Esports mom, like, at that point. <laughs> yes, because I had to protect my son. Right. And I had to protect my son. Like, in, in uh, football, I never – I coached football, but not while he was playing. Mm -hmm. And basketball, I coached him twice, and it wasn't unfair to him because I could tell, I could tell him, okay, keep going, you're going to get a whooping. The other kids, that was unfair to him, so I did and And he would rub it in my face once I put him on another team and they would win. He would be like, ah, you know, so he enjoyed me not being his coach. <laughs> so is he, was he naturally in the sports or do you think he nurtured into sports? I think Are they, both. Do you think, let me rephrase it. Do you think sports was natural for him because he's an athlete in general or do you think your love of sports nurtured that athlete in him? I think both. His dad played football and was very good. Um, so... He's been in the gym since birth. I mean, literally been in the gym since birth. And he's when we're at home from the time he's a small child, he's watching sports because I love all sports. So he's watched all sports since he was a small child. But I know other people who grew up in households where they watch sports and they don't like sports. So they don't they don't they don't like them. They never play them. They may watch or whatever. So I do think he was naturally um, he chose. When he started boxing, he was actually um, at the barbershop and the man was cutting his hair and, and they started talking at five. The man started talking to him. He said he wanted to box. At that time, I didn't even used to travel with him. It, he had a coach that would take him all over and they would send me back the videos and that's how he got started boxing. So, um, yeah, I think I think it, he started the first sport he started in was not one that I would have had any knowledge of that he grew up around. You know, he wasn't around exposed to boxing. So. Yeah. So, your love of sports passed on to him, mm -hmm. and now you are a sports grandma. I am. <laughs> One of my granddaughters last year, well, first of all, my granddaughters are all very athletic. So, if they never played sports, I knew they could if they wanted to. So, my, my one of my granddaughters, uh, 
she she was doing cheer early on. She was a cheerleader early on. And I consider cheer a sport because she she's very athletic and, you know, would be doing cartwheels and all that stuff and was athletic. But then she decided that she wanted to play football. I was not in agreement. Um, biases are not just women who ha- uh, men who have biases about sports. Women do too, including women that are in sports. There's certain sports out there like, no, nah, don't do that. Don't don't do that with the boys. Mm-hmm. So she she did that. And my other grandbaby just started volleyball this year. Okay. Been around sports most of your life. Who would you say? What athletes inspire you? Coaches. What is your motivation? Who inspires you in motivation? So. Um, male, as far as male sports figures, my favorite athlete was Muhammad Ali. And the reason was he was able to say what he felt and then back it up. And even if he lost, nobody cared because he was entertaining. So Muhammad Ali was my first athlete that I really admired. And as far as female athletes, I didn't really have a whole bunch of people early on, like when I was 10, 11, 12, up in that age group. Even up through high school, I was mostly watching uh, DePaul Blue Demons, I was watching the Cubs. It really wasn't any female professional sports. It really wasn't a lot of female sports on TV. Um, then in, I want to say in 1984, that that's when uh, NCAA had the first women's championship. And I saw uh, La Tech, Coach Mulkey now, but at the time she was just Kim Mulkey. Um, and they were going against uh, Cheney State, HBCU. Kim, it was five four my height, and and was getting it in, fussing that people becoming Coach Mulkey later. You know, who coached at Baylor with a championship and coached um, coached at um, LSU and won a championship. But at that time, she was just she was being a boss out there, and I had never seen that from a female athlete to say to and it be celebrated like the announcers were giving her her accolades for being assertive and being a boss. So, and then of course, seeing uh, Coach Coach Vivian Springer, Stringer um, out there doing coaching, I saw a black woman coaching. So I had never saw somebody five folk telling people six feet tall what to do and yelling at people and everybody saying, good job. And then I had never seen a black woman coach before because my coach in high school was Caucasian. So I didn't, didn't know as far as basketball, I'd never seen a, a black woman coach. I don't know. You go, do you watch girls basketball locally, like the high school team? I do. Well, is it hard not to? So this is your girls that you coach for so long are now ninth graders? Yeah. And so this I, will be your first time watching them? Yes. Being yeah. coached by a high school coach? Yes. But I, they're in great hands. Um, I, I feel like really all the high school coaches here, I, I think Veronica McCants is a great coach. I think um, Coach uh, Aisha is a great coach. I think... Coach Davis is a great coach. I think Coach Brown is a great coach. So I feel really good about them. They're all at different schools, and I feel really good about them being in good hands. So that's. So I guess my question is more so: How do you turn the coach out to just be the fan? So the, the, when I was talking about my son and telling you how I was the voice, I am. I've learned a lesson from that. That when it's over, that I'm not gonna try to give them any advice and try. To, I'm just gonna say you did a good job. But if they didn't, I'm not gonna say that because they know I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm hoping that once with my nonprofit that we are able to develop some more girls because middle school basketball is when I say it's terrible. It's terrible in the sense of there's um, the underdogs are way underdogs. Like they losing by 50 and 60 points, which is disrespectful. 
do they need to play? Why do they need to be on a travel team in fourth grade? And I said, because if they don't, when they get in eighth grade, they're going to be embarrassed because they can't play. So you're not, when you're in fourth grade, you're not as conscious about stuff that you are when you're in eighth grade. Do you think people ask those same questions about no. boy athletes? Absolutely not. So absolutely. there's no question about why they're traveling and right. why absolutely they're on not. AAU teams when they're absolutely in not. school. Absolutely not. Exactly. And that's some of the things, and that's that's the reason we have to um, expose the girls. As, a, as women athletes, I feel like it's our responsibility because unless a male athlete is a dad of a, of a daughter, then they don't care about women's sports. I don't have a daughter, but I care about women's sports because I was a woman's sports. I, I believe that we, we will pay it forward even if we don't have a daughter on the team. Women coach other women, just like men coach other boys that's not their sons. So if we don't carry it on, it won't be carried on. So, um, so do you do you remember a couple of years back when like girl dad became like it was like a catchphrase and everybody was posting their girl dad. Mm-mm. I think it was around the time of Kobe Bryant. And okay. His daughter, um, okay. Even when they passed away or something somewhere around that time. Okay. But girl dad became like a, a like thing. you saw it was like a hashtag on okay. social media okay. and everybody was on posting these pictures. And I was going to ask you, did you did you see any correlation in like the dads being more active, but. I, well, early on, actually, I had never met any of the moms, maybe two. Mm-hmm. It was all girl dads. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very grateful for girl dads because one of the guys who started helping me coach originally, he moved to Dallas, but he was he was helpful. And then after that, then Mike Snow came along and he was helpful. So if it wasn't for girl dads, I, I probably, it, it would have been, it was already tough. It would have really been tough mm-hmm. because funding, resources, not having anywhere to practice, how are we going to pick these kids the up? The connections that they have yes. because they are... Yes, in the community, and I'm not from the community. And the other part is moms have so much more responsibilities. When they get out of work, they got their other kids. They got to go here, there. They got to cook dinner. They got to do all that. And I, I know some dads probably cook dinner, but they're not having the same kind of responsibilities that... The societal expectation. Yes. And now being able to enjoy the game is just a fan of kids that you've invested in. What stands out to you? What's one of your memorable moments? So it's not a moment. It's it's a movement. Mm-hmm. And it's because I really honestly believe that the life skills, my resiliency in life, the reason that I don't give up when I'm frustrated is I've, I've lost before and I know how to get back up from losing. I've won and I know how to be gracious in winning. So I think the life skills that I've learned from sports is all memory life, that it all continues to, to press me up, to push me forward. And, and other things that I do, whether it's work, um, with other relationships that you develop, you know, being a team member and knowing that you don't have to like everybody in your team and knowing how to work together anyway. Um, the sisterhood, I'm still, you know, some of my friends that, that I went to high school with, I don't think I had no friends outside of my, my teams um, in high school. I might have, you know, I was a little bit of a gangbanger, so I might have. <laughs> so, <laughs> but overall, I think what what's has stuck with me the most and the other thing that stuck with me the most is how emotional and passionate I still feel about it like I still I still cry when people win I still cry when people lose I still cry when people get drafted I still cry. I'm just absolutely I, I this has not left my mind um the tight end for the San Francisco 49ers he came from the University of Maryland. I cannot remember his his name right off the top of my head, but I remember when he stood up and he was standing at the podium and he started crying, and I started crying right with him. So I am emotionally tired because I know the work that it takes to get to those places that people get in sports, even 
uh, being on the team, never winning, you know, losing all the time. I know what that took. And I lived an hour away from my school, so I had to be on the bus or an hour, get out of school at 6 p.m. Swimming is a fall sport. Get out, out of practice at 6 p.m., take the bus an hour home, eat, and then start the thing all back over again. So I know the sacrifices that people make when they when they are participating in sports. And I know that's the emotion of when, when you win or lose, the emotion of it all. So thank you. And I got another question. <laughs> okay. Sacrifices. Last question. All the sacrifices, would you say, in the end, is it worth it? I don't know. Is it to be continued? I don't know. Because this is the other tough part as far as coaching is concerned, is that it can be a thankless job. You know, you can, you can do, no matter what you do, you're going to have people that's not going to be satisfied. And they ain't my kids, for real. <laughs> so when you're a parent doing it, you kind of know your end result is even though you're putting up with people that you don't want to put up with, your end result is you did it for your child. And when you're doing it for somebody in the community and you down the line, they not going to be thankful. And what you have to do, deal with, with crazy sports moms and crazy sports dads, it's tough. Would you go back into coaching? No. Not that you turn off coaching, but just organize coaching? No. So what are your words of wisdom for the for, for the people that you want to pick up the mantle for more. When you talk about more, we talked about more in the beginning, those people that you want to pick up, it, that you want to pick up the mantle as a coach, the thankless job, what is your... So it's, 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 it's really about how people are wired. And I just got to tell you that, that I'm emotionally wired. Mm-hmm. So I get mad when people treat me bad. Some people, they don't care. They, they're able to shut it off, ignore you and all that. So really it's finding, I, th- I think, do what you love, and if you love it, and and you know, I think we just have to find people who love it because that's the only way you're gonna stick with it. Because you're gonna it's gonna be thankless, and you're gonna have to take a lot of criticism, and that's what all leadership is about. You're gonna get criticized. You're gonna everything that go along with that. You can't stay with it if you don't love it. So love, love sports, and love Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me to be a guest interviewer. <laughs> I only see mine goals. I don't believe in failure because.
Thank you.